You are listening to the Gromart Podcast. We've been really focused on formulating and engineering a diesel fuel that is right for our customers. Featuring experts in agriculture. We're helping our customers decide when's a good time to sell, when's a good time to merchandise that grain so that they can make a profit. And other system news. It's very important to the Gromark system to encourage the future of agriculture. The Gromark podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to the Gromark Podcast, very special edition of the podcast. We've got the summer issue of the Gromark System Publication Source Magazine coming to you as an audio file. We uh, welcome you to uh, listen in to the stories from the authors who have written each of these for this volume of the magazine. You can also follow on by reading your print copy or a digital copy from Gromark.com or by downloading the Gromark Publications app. This is Heather Thompson, Manager of Digital Communications, and I'm reading A Family Affair on pages 2 and 3. Jim and Joe Meinhardt have a lot in common. A strong work ethic developed from years growing up on a dairy farm, a love for hunting, and even children who are about the same age. The Meinhardt brothers were best men in each other's weddings, spend weekends together at deer camp with their kids and grandkids, and even own a farm together. You could say they are two peas in a pod. That kind of closeness and commonality isn't uncommon for brothers. What is unique about Jim and Joe Meinhardt is something else they share, a job title. They are two of the newest general managers in the FS system. FS has been a part of our lives forever, said Joe Meinhardt. Mom and Dad did all of their energy and feed business with FS. Jim added, Jim Bierman was our salesman. When we were kids, we would throw feed off for him, and we'd get a sucker. He joked, that was our first job with FS, and the cheapest labor they ever got. Jim joined the FS system as a real employee first, in 1980, as an intern at Effingham Clay Service Company. In 1986, he was among the first group of crop specialists in the system to become certified. By 1989, Jim had risen to the role of marketing manager. So, in 1991, when Joe applied to be the assistant controller at Effingham Clay, Bob Faulkner, the general manager at the time, went to Jim and asked if it would be a problem for the two brothers to work together. Jim said, if you hire him, you'll be getting the best man for the job. Jim and Joe went on to work together at Effingham Clay for several years until Joe became the controller at Madison Service Company. Distance has separated the Meinhardt brothers more than once. In 1999, Joe had the opportunity to move to Iowa to be the business manager for the newly formed AgVantage FS. At that time, Jim was the agronomy division manager for Effingham Clay. In 2004, Joe moved back home to become the chief financial officer for Effingham Clay. Around the same time, Jim became the company's western region business manager. They worked together until 2012 when Jim moved to New York to work for Gromark FS. Despite the distance, Jim and Joe have stayed close. We call each other a lot, said Jim. January 2018 brought big challenges for both brothers. Joe took the helm as the CEO of South Central FS, and Jim moved back to Illinois as the agronomy marketing manager at Sunrise FS. Just a few months later, he was named the new general manager of the Gromark Retail Division, effective June 1st, with the retirement of Randy Wilson. Both brothers are strong leaders with a vision for the future of their companies. Jim plans to empower the staff at Sunrise FS to contribute innovative ideas and solutions to issues. Education is also a priority for Jim. He will encourage all salespeople to become certified Jim sees the opportunity for Sunrise FS to be a force in the counties they serve and the supplier of choice. He plans to accomplish all of this through collaboration with his staff and the resources at Gromark. Joe is interested in leading South Central FS into the future from a technology standpoint. He sees precision ag, social media, and data technology as major impacts on the future of the company. We want to be able to connect with the next generation, said Joe. We've always been the knowledge-based leaders, but now, how do we adapt that knowledge to be relevant and stay the leader? 
He's confident South Central FS has a lot of great people on the team to help figure it out. Jim and Joe Meinhardt have a lot in common, not the least of which is a love of the FS system. FS is full of great people, said Joe. I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for the people I've worked with along the way. Jim concluded, FS is our family. It always has been. I'm Karen Jones, Growmark's Youth and Young Producer Specialist, and I'm reading the story on pages four and five titled Mike of All Trades. Wilson embraces variety of roles for Wabash Valley Service Company. The Wabash Valley Service Company agronomy team recently met with a new chemical company representative, and as introductions moved around the table, Mike Wilson identified himself as company cook. While this didn't faze his co-workers, it did make the visitor stop and question this unexpected job title. While he is officially the cooperative specialty products marketing coordinator, he is also the unofficial manager of Wabash Valley's community service program, coordinating pork chop fundraiser meals for local organizations. We were looking for a way to give back to our communities and had the opportunity to purchase a restaurant quality smoker from a business in town that was selling out, he said. If a local group like FFA or the Senior Citizen Center wants to do a fundraiser, we provide the concession trailer and smoked pork chops and they can keep the profits. Since January 1st, he's cooked more than 3,500 pork chops and the cooperative has helped nonprofit organizations in their 10 county territory raise more than $12,000. We also provide the meals for our all-employee meetings, and last fall we did a Feed the Crew program where we delivered hot meals to farmers in all of our counties during harvest, he said. It's a great way to stay connected to our members and help our communities, and I get the red carpet treatment at our local grocery store where I purchase all the pork chops. Taking on the other duties as assigned company cook role was a good fit for Wilson because building relationships and community service are two things he's passionate about. In various roles with Wabash Valley since 1994, Wilson has served in his current capacity since 2011. He is part of a team that looks at variables in seed technology and collects data to make recommendations that crop specialists can take to their farmers to help them improve their return on investment. The thought of, I can make a difference on someone's farm, is what really keeps me going, Wilson said. I don't know of another agriculture company that's as progressive and open to new ideas as Wabash Valley Service Company. I've never been told we've never done it that way before. Usually it's more like, that's kind of nuts, but it just might work. Then we have support to try it. With teammates Blake Benke, Travis Carell, Galen Michaels, and Jay Tharp, Wilson works with groups including the Illinois Fertilizer and Chemical Association, soil and water conservation districts, and certified crop advisors to set up real-world research on local farms. I never thought when I was 20 years old that today I'd be considered an environmentalist, but I've been recognized along with Wabash Valley by the DuPont Environmental Respect Program as International CCA of the Year and as a 4R advocate with the Skates Farm in 2013, he said. I like the way Dr. Howard Brown says it, I'm an environmentalist, not an environmental activist. Wilson grew up on a family farm in southwestern Indiana and said that 2018 marks his 43rd year with some kind of financial interest in farming. I'm just as passionate about it today as I was in 1975, he said. I love farming. I love talking to farmers and being involved with agriculture. Most of his career has been with Wabash Valley Service Company with the long hours and unpredictable schedule that comes with the business dictated by the weather. My wife and I had an agreement when we got married, Wilson said. I'd make the money and she would take care of the children, and that worked great for us. However, at age 43, someone decided to teach me a lesson, he said. While trying to pry an auger free at the cooperative's Browns facility, the power unexpectedly restarted and sent the two-foot wrench he was using into the left side of his head. When I woke up in the hospital after a five-hour surgery to repair my eye, my first thought was to get on the phone and call the plant to give orders for the day. So I did, and the secretary hung up on me. I called back, and she did it again. I called back a third time and said, why do you keep hanging up? And she said, we've got this. You just focused on getting better. That was an aha moment for me, he said. He cited many examples of kindnesses provided for him and his family after the accident, from completing a bathroom remodel he had begun just days before being injured, to building a ramp for his wife when she broke her leg several months into his recovery, to a farmer sharing that he had asked for a Lakota Sioux sun ceremony to be performed in Wilson's honor. I learned that business is important, but being a human being is even more important, he said. 
Wilson is active in the Allendale, Illinois community where he and his family live. He serves as road commissioner and on the school board, along with holding the vice chairman position for the Wabash and Ohio Valley Special Education District. He is part of a weekly radio broadcast called Valley Update and regularly speaks to local FFA, 4-H, and junior CEO groups. He was recognized several years ago for his work with Illinois Agriculture in the Classroom, and on top of that, he occasionally helps a neighbor farm. He and his wife, Christine, spend as much time as possible with their three daughters and seven grandchildren. I've had the opportunity to work with and for a lot of great people over the years, he said. I would hope that someday I'll be remembered for the relationships I've built in the ag community in our 10 counties and beyond. I'm Matt Wetterston, Gromark Manager of Publications and Media Relations, back with pages 6 and 7. I co-authored this article with Karen Jones, Gromark's Youth and Young Producer Specialist. It's entitled, Warehouse Initiatives Gain Efficiencies, Benefit Customers. Gromark makes refinements to network of distribution centers. Alpha Embracing Solar Power. Gromark's largest warehouse, the 280,000-plus-square-foot Alpha Illinois Distribution Center, is undergoing another major project. Expansion has been the norm for the facility Tracy Mack jokingly refers to as, quote, the mothership, as it supports other Gromark warehouse operations and FS cooperatives. The most recent project involves adding a three-acre solar array that will supply the majority of the facility's electricity. It's cost-effective, said Mack, Gromark's Director of Supply Chain Operations and Logistics. The first year, it's going to save us a little over $5,000 on the utility bill. Over the 25-year contract, if the electrical rates escalate like they have for the past five years, it will save us an average of $12,000 per year. It's something Mack and his team have looked at for nearly a decade, but hadn't been able to make the finances pencil out until this year. The project began with site visits early in the year. A service road was installed along with a fence surrounding the 1,500 solar panels. The 525-kilowatt solar field installed by Straight Up Solar is estimated to eliminate over 1 million pounds of carbon dioxide the first year. Kyle Zier, manager of the Alpha Distribution Center, noted that they are the first in the area to utilize solar power in this manner. They're adding a sustainability component to the project as well, opting to plant seed instead of using gravel among the array. We'll be seeding the feed field with pollinator mix, said Zier. It will help bee populations, help with erosion, and help with our ecological initiative. We have a desire for sustainability and to be efficient, added Mac. We want to save some money, but we also like the green, renewable power. This is kind of an experiment in my view, said Mac. We want to get a year or two of experience under our belt to make sure it's going to do what we think it's going to do. It's our first foray into this. If it works, well then we could put into the next site and the next site. Warehouse space up and running in Ohio. As the Gromark system expands eastward, so does the need for timely deliveries of products to customers throughout the region. We had been receiving deliveries from Alpha, but they would take two or three days to arrive, said Kyle McCalla, Gromark Crop Protection Territory Manager. In the spring season, our customers expect next day deliveries, and we were losing some business because we weren't able to fulfill their expectations. Before he retired, Keith Coleman set the wheels in motion to develop warehouse space in Ohio to better serve the needs of customers in the eastern region. After analyzing multiple locations, a warehouse facility in Akron, Ohio was selected. Akron may seem further east, but we can also use the space to serve Gromark FS, so it's really central to all our operations in the east, added McCalla. We can provide next-day service to Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, even Pennsylvania. The space is large enough for 2,100 pallets and is currently used for crop protection products and some micronutrients. There is space available for seed and other products to be potentially added in the future. It's been a team effort all the way up and down, said McKella. I think it highlights Gromark's willingness to listen to our customers' needs and to consider new things in order to provide great service. International teamwork gets the job done. Gromark's Ontario Warehouse Operations recently relocated to a new location in Tilsonburg. Like any moving project, many details had to be figured out and adjusted after settling in. Besides getting used to a new space, employees in Ontario were also learning a different ordering system. To help bring them up to speed, Julie Ryan, Alpha Customer Service Supervisor, began calling twice a day to walk through the process and answer questions. They caught on fast, said Ryan. At first, we talked twice a day for about an hour each time, but now we're down to one quick check-in a day. Being able to work together to serve customers, whether they're in the United States or in Ontario, was a unique experience for Ryan. 
This was the first time I worked with the Ontario Warehouse, and I was happy to help them get things running smoothly, she said. Amy Bradford, Corporate Communications Manager with Growmark, and I am reading From the Ground Up in the summer issue of Source, pages 9 through 11. When you learn about Prairie Central Cooperative's Greenfield Project just outside of Chenoa, Illinois, it's difficult not to think those involved were applying Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, specifically Habit 2, Begin with the End in Mind. Sitting in a room with Mark Heil, Prairie Central General Manager, Matt Hinshaw, Prairie Central Risk Management and Capital Project Manager, and John Walls, Prairie Central Board President, you get that very perception. We're building for the future, Heil said, as he described their new country elevator location. The facility features 2.5 million bushels, of storage capacity, three receiving pits, each capable of dumping 20,000 bushels per hour, or a semi-load every two to three minutes at each pit, and access to rail and state and interstate highways. Situated on Route 24, just west of I-55, the facility is very visible from the interstate, providing easy access for farmers and their grain. The size and capacity of this elevator has become an expectation, Heil said. Farmers are demanding newer, more modern facilities with the technology to facilitate the size of their own operations. This is next generation thinking. We're building this for the next generation. Hinshaw noted the project was years in the making, even as they upgraded other locations or acquired new facilities. The cooperative scouted a number of sites and even purchased land for the facility to build or exchange at a later date if another, more appropriate site emerged. We knew we needed access to utilities, 80,000-pound all-weather roads with potential rail access, Henshaw said. Gromark's new tech engineering helped Prairie Central vet various sites looking at utility access, FAA flight paths, and highway access. They were asked to identify an ideal location, according to Warren Odekirk, Gromark's senior project manager, Commercial Grain Systems. Tim Meeting suggested Odekirk reach out to Prairie Central to inquire about bidding the project. We had never worked with Prairie Central before, but we have a lot of experience with this type of project. We met with them several times to present our capabilities to demonstrate we have the ability to complete a project of this scope. We took them on a tour of the Kankakee facility, which is similar in size to what they wanted to do, Odekirk said. We also assured them that if Gromark was given the job, we'd be all in and handle everything. Permitting, utilities, building and zoning, railroad, etc. I think they appreciated this aspect of our service, that we'd handle all the details with their input. Prairie Central awarded Gromark Commercial Grain Systems the project in July of 2016, setting in motion, among other things, paperwork for the county zoning board, agreements with utility companies and the railroad, and a number of budgets and proposals for stuff, everything from dryers to conveyor belts and motors. Adam Musman, Gromark Project Manager, Commercial Grain Systems, said Gromark developed a product, product and pricing list of everything the project would need. We provided an apples-to-apples bid of all products from our four companies. Prairie Central was able to choose combining items from each of the companies to form their final product choices. They were able to choose exactly what they wanted at the price point they wanted, Musman said. Musman said this capability is what sets Gromark apart from others in the marketplace. Our customers are able to look at different brands and suppliers and choose what they're most comfortable with. Our customers benefit from our ability to source from different brands and and suppliers. Heil said Gromark's reputation and experience were key factors in why Prairie Central chose Gromark. Gromark has a good reputation and experience with a project of this size and scope, he said. They can manage the practical and technical details that can take a project like this that can make a project like this cost-effective and efficient. Since the launch of the project, groundwork started in spring of 2017, Gromark's Buck Braid has been the on-site superintendent handling the day-to-day activities. Buck is on-site at all times to deal with issues as they arise, Odekirk said. Since June 2017, there have been up to 60 people per day on the site. 
Buck manages schedules, safety procedures, and anything to do with moving this project forward. Prairie Central would inspect things throughout the process and take pictures of the progress, but they know with Buck on site, things will move forward and get done right. John Walls, Prairie Central board president, said the project has reinforced the co-op's commitment to its patrons. We knew we needed to do something. Several of our locations were aging and our patrons could begin to look elsewhere, he said. We'll gain access to additional rail lines, have access to highways, to trucks, to various markets, which means we'll be able to take advantage of the best pricing depending on which market we go to. Plus, our farmers may not have to expand storage or drying. We're well positioned to meet this demand. All involved are moving full throttle toward the target completion date of mid to late July. Odakirk said winter weather well into April and windy spring conditions have hampered some progress. Yet there's an air of optimism as things get checked off the project list. Once we open, we'll be able to dump an entire semi without even moving, Henshaw said with pride. This will help the entire co-op. It will reduce backups at other locations and take the pressure off. Opening this location will have ripple effects throughout our geography. Building for the future, next generation thinking. Prairie Central Co-op is definitely beginning with the end in mind when it comes to its Greenfield project in Chenoa, Illinois. I'm Matt Wooderson back with pages 12 and 13. Growmark System University launching in August. System training brings opportunities all in one place. As college students begin to settle in for fall semester, Growmark System employees will be feeling the college vibe too. Growmark System University, GSU, will be officially launched in August after years of planning, preparation, and execution. Our vision is that it will eventually be the Amazon for system employee development, said Michelle Hillary, Gromark Educational Technology Analyst. It will be the place you go to find many development opportunities across many divisions of Gromark, FS, and the system itself. GSU will remove silos to better showcase the development opportunities offered by Gromark Training and Development. It will also help system employees more easily find external opportunities all in one place. Employees will be able to see all their opportunities for development, added Hillary, whether it's a podcast you listen to, a PDF of information, a link to an outside seminar, or internal training, it's a one-stop shop, like Amazon, to easily find development opportunities. GSU is a response to employees desiring development and direction. Changes will be made to e-resource to reflect the new GSU and learning opportunities. Training areas will be housed under different centers for development. Our growth as a system has had a huge impact on how we do things and how we develop people. We're so much larger than when I started 20 years ago, so we have to do things differently, said Hillary. Our culture is hungry for this quick accessibility of how can I develop myself. In 2020, they're planning to launch a new learning management system, LMS, as the second phase of the career development campaign. It's part of Gromark's Enterprise Resource Planning Initiative and will replace Course Mill, which is over 10 years old. We have the opportunity to update our learning management system and provide more of an individualized training and learning environment to employees, added Hillary. It will allow personalized trainings to tie directly into career paths and individual development plans, helping employees seek career goals and achieve organizational impact. So what does the future of learning look like with new technology and opportunities to meet the needs of culture and learning shifts? Historically, we've been 100% in-classroom, in-person training, said Tom Swearingen, Gromark Director of Talent Management. We're not getting away from that at all, but there are a number of things that can be consumed online. The timing is just right with our workforce demographic shift, on top of more of an appetite and things being electronically available. Twenty years ago, many people were probably a little leery of going to college online, said Hillary. Nowadays, there are a lot of accredited programs out there where you can get your bachelor's or master's or take one or two courses. It's more widely accepted and valued. It's also becoming expected as an option for employees. The e-learning environment gives trainers an open door for virtual opportunities to complement traditional in-person learning methods. This will help meet the needs of an expanding Gromark system and assist Gromark training to adequately serve members in growing regions. We are holistically system-focused in how we can serve our members and those in our system in the far outlying areas of our geography, added Swearingen. This will help us do that better. This has been a wish and a dream since 2009, added Hillary. It takes a lot to turn a big ship. 
Swearingen and Hillary are both imagining what the future of training could look like in 20 years with changes in technology and employee desires. We're going to have virtual reality goggles, smiled Hillary. You won't even have to go to the computer to log in. You can just select something. They will be retinal scan or thumbprint or something to access learning. Is that crazy? Not at all, said Swearingen. I'm not sure we will all have company-issued VR goggles, but it's not a crazy thought at all. I'm Rachel Moore, manager of digital marketing, and we are reading a site to see FS websites getting refreshed on pages 14 and 15. When you think about a house, it's the hub or command center for a family. A house is where the family eats dinner, invites friends over, and grows. In a way, a home identifies who a family is. When it comes to a business and today's digital world, the same could be said about websites. Websites are hubs where people gather information about an organization's products, services, and most importantly, people. Google processes over 40,000 online search queries every second, which translates to 3.5 billion searches per day. That's a great deal of searches. So what does that mean for Growmark and FS cooperatives? It means a company's digital footprint is more important than ever. A digital strategy starts with a well-designed website that moves people to the information they want to receive. A new website model called The Hub and Spoke launched in April. The Hub is fssystem.com and FS member cooperative websites serve as spokes. This model helps these websites talk to each other to provide valuable content such as news, videos, and images highlighting people, products, and services. Sunrise FS was the first FS organization to go live. Josh Ayers, assistant controller at Sunrise FS, managed the website project from start to finish. We were excited to integrate the new website platform for Sunrise FS, Ayers said. We wanted a visually contemporary-looking website with information about the products we offer customers, but at the same time, low maintenance. One of the benefits of the hub-and-spoke website model is its ease of use. The website automatically updates information that is changed in fssystem.com, so maintaining up-to-date information is done for us. I receive an email when new information is fed into our website, so the maintenance is simple, said Ayers. Another feature the new websites offer is the ability for product catalogs to go live on FS member cooperatives' websites, rather than jumping to a different website to view a product catalog. Ayers noted how change can be a challenge when it comes to implementing a new website and that some customers have an aversion to a website change. Where customers may have found information before is in a new place on the site. However, he also noted change in the right direction will help reach a goal. Our goal is to deliver information on products and services that we offer, and this new platform will make information about those products and services easily available, he added. Over the next couple of years, many more FS cooperative websites will transition to this new platform. The future of digital communication is rapidly transforming. A well-designed website is just the start of a digital footprint to bring customers what's next. I'm Matt Wedderston back with another story. Growmark System Crop Specialists Earns Sustainability Award. Endure 4-Hour Advocate Award promotes stewardship, nutrient management. FS crop specialists are about more than just high yields. They're committed to stewardship and helping growers implement sustainable farming practices. Five of them are being recognized for their work with Endure's Endure for Our Advocate Award. The 2018 Endure for Our Advocate Award winners are Tim Berkland from Growmark, Gary Brandt from Gateway FS, Courtney Marr from West Central FS, Sal Pustizzi from Growmark FS, and Todd Wibben from Evergreen FS. These five system crop advisors encourage and assist farmers in managing nutrients. This preserves the soil and protects water quality. They implement nitrogen management as a system. They promote the use of nitrogen stabilizers. They embrace the four hours of nutrient stewardship by using the right source, place, time, and rate of plant nutrients. This year's winners help set a high standard for our system, said Ryan White, Growmark Director of Agronomy Marketing and Agronomy Services. They are recognized as leaders amongst their peer group. They work with farmers to show how sustainability and profitability can go together. Here's the Endure For Our Advocate Award criteria. Knowledge and implementation of for our nutrient stewardship principles as defined by the Fertilizer Institute. 
assisting growers with implementing nitrogen management as a system, promoting the use of nitrogen stabilizers, implementation of NWATCH nitrogen tracking services, conducting MyField applied research on customers' farms, use of variable rate technology for fertilizer applications. This is the third year for the award. The five winners will be recognized at the Gromark Annual Meeting and Agribusiness Symposium in August. About Endure. Endure is the Gromark System's sustainability initiative. Launched in 2016, it's designed to highlight and reinforce practices and programs that help the environment and greater good. Tim Berkland is a Strategic Agronomy Marketing Manager for Gromark. He's based in Iowa and serves FS companies in the state, as well as Gold Star FS in Illinois and Insight FS in Wisconsin. He's previously served as a regional agronomist. Here's what he had to say about the 4R practices. I believe in good agronomic practices that reduce our customers' risk, increase their income, make them more competitive, and ultimately make their lives easier. Rice. The 4R practices of nutrient stewardship help accomplish our mission of ricing our customers. Gary Brandt from Gateway FS serves as a crop specialist. He has 25 years of experience. Before he was a crop specialist, Brandt spent 18 years as a custom applicator. I try to maximize my farmer's profit and minimize environmental issues, he said. Courtney Marr is a certified crop advisor with West Central FS. He has 20 years of experience in agriculture. He has served as a location manager and certified custom applicator. I feel it is important to use 4R management to help the environment and growers, he said. Nitrogen management is an excellent way to help the growers return more profit and be good stewards of the land and water. Stal Pustizzi is a sales representative at Gromark FS based in New Jersey. He began his career with the company in 2006. His career in agriculture has roots dating back more than 40 years to his family's vegetable farm. The goal is to make the growers I work with more profitable while helping the environment at the same time, he said. Todd Wibben is a certified crop advisor at Evergreen FS based in Moroa, Illinois. He has over 30 years of experience in the agriculture industry. Wibben has earned his 4R Nutrient Management Specialist certification. 4R stewardship is very important to me, he said. I work with growers to help them develop plans with the most efficient use of nutrient purchases and the least amount of environmental impact while maximizing yields. I'm Janice Johnson, Ontario Marketing and Communication Specialist. On this issue of Source, page 18 and 19, Ontario Fertilizer Facility Expansion. Spring symbolizes new growth in so many ways. In Ontario, emerging from the ground are three large fertilizer plants that will accommodate the needs of surrounding farmers in the counties of Gray, Wellington and Waterloo. Gray County. On its 40-acre site just outside of Walkerton, Huron Bay Cooperative has added an additional 7,000 metric tonne capacity bulk blend fertilizer plant. General Manager Jeff Hurst notes that the old plant on site is about 50 years old with only five bays. It was time, he said. The new facility is equipped to carry up to 12 different products at once. The 60-foot tower houses six 20-ton holding bins making it more efficient for farmers who want to have their order ready upon arrival. The 18,000 square foot floor space is equipped with in-floor heating throughout to maintain a dry environment for storage of product. Hearst admitted that the, de- that the declining balance system is becoming the more common choice with newly constructed facilities. However, he says, it makes better sense for Huron Bay's market not to go that direction. This is plenty fast enough. We'll be able to mix and load 400 plus ton a day of blended mixes through the two 12 ton vertical mixers he said. Plus, we can bypass the mixers and load straight product if need be. Our business has a more year-round demand, with many of our growers managing hay ground and grass pastures pastures along with the regular spring grains, canola, corn, soybeans, and winter wheat. Alongside the 90-foot weigh scale is a new sales and customer service office equipped with showers for employees. Hearst says having the extra office space is a good safety practice keeping the dust levels down and keeping customers in a safe zone. The Walkerton facility is now open for business and will be holding a grand opening later this summer. Wellington County In Harriston, even though it will not be up and ready for spring this year, good progress is in play at North Wellington Cooperative's 2500 metric ton capacity fertilizer plant. 
The cooperative's new facility features state-of-the-art LACO declining weight blend system that provides great efficiencies in everything from storage capacity, loading speed, and receiving times, along with superior customized blending abilities. Using a declining balance system, North Wellington Co-op will be able to address the needs of area producers during high volume requirements. The facility can handle 12 products into one blend. Speed is, speed is a huge requirement for our members, said General Manager Kelly Boyle, but also the ability to satisfy the demand for intricate and a variety of bulk blends is a win-win for our members. Alongside the plant is a new 3,200 square foot chemical warehouse, which includes diked storage for three 10,000 gallon tanks of 28% liquid fertilizer. At this compact but efficient FS site, Customers can also purchase all their energy needs with FS products such as Diesel X Gold, DEF, Ethanol Gas, and Propane. North Wellington Co-op customers have also come to depend on the availability of feed products and services, as well as the many products offered at the FS Farm Store and Garden Center. Waterloo County. What began last fall is now at new heights. Jumbo FS signage will be soon be mounted on the blender tower of the new state-of-the-art fertilizer facility at FS Partners Agronomy site in Air, Ontario. The signage will allow for visibility on all four sides, making it a landmark for FS customers in the surrounding area. The 15,000 metric ton facility will have nine bins providing significant flexibility for retail blending needs. It will also have a blending system capable of mixing up to 2,000 tons of crop nutrient products per day, more than doubling the old capacity of 800 tons per day. The facility will be capable of receiving products by rail and truck. We see this as an excellent investment for the future and strong commitment in providing greater efficiencies for our farmer owners, our customers, and for the re retailers in the Ontario marketplace, said Frank Barron, FS Partners Division Manager. It will give us an increased capability to best serve our customers. The new plant will be a shared asset between Growmark and its retail division FS Partners. It will be utilized by Growmark to distribute to area retailers and by FS Partners to serve its farmer customers. This is Jana Kiefer, retired from Growmark, reading The Flood of 1993, reflecting on the historic flood 25 years later, on pages 20 through 22 of the Summer Source magazine. The spring of 1993 wasn't expected to be much different than 100 other springs before it. Groundwater levels were already high because the fall of 1992 had been wet, contributing to the above normal soil moisture and water levels in reservoirs along the Missouri and Upper Mississippi River Basin. A healthy amount of snowfall during the 92-93 winter added more moisture to already soaked ground. Usually good soil moisture and groundwater levels are a positive thing going into the growing season. But in April, it began to rain. The rain persisted into the summer, dumping huge amounts of moisture across the eastern Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, eastern Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, and Missouri. Some areas reported more than four feet of rain that summer. Other locations in those nine states received rain on more than 20 days during July, compared to the normal eight or nine days. Portions of east-central Iowa received as much as 48 inches of rain during the spring and summer. The worst recorded flood in modern history was gaining momentum. The July 1993 issue of Spirit, Source Magazine's predecessor, reported that about 20 FS member companies and their customers were right in the middle of the flooding. Monroe, Pike, and Randolph counties each had about 30,000 acres of land underwater. Gateway FS had six elevators and three fertilizer plants in the floodplain. Some employees managed to get to locations by boat. Their elevators were kept open as long as possible so farmers would have a place for their harvested wheat crop. Jersey County Farm Supply put some of its fertilizer spreaders to use hauling sand to sandbagging areas where volunteers filled and stacked bags. Many members provided fuel to the National Guard vehicles. Countless member company, Growmark, and Farm Bureau employees volunteered, along with people from all over the threatened area, filling sandbags and lending support in the needed areas. 
Nearly 20 million acres were underwater in the affected nine-state area. Reports vary, but between 47 and 50 people died as a result of the flood. Approximately 54,000 people were forced to evacuate their homes and farms, and at least 50,000 homes were destroyed. A sobering TV news video showed a big, white Iowa farmhouse being swept off its foundation and breaking apart in the current as an example of personal loss and the ferocity of the floodwaters. Aerial shots of livestock stranded on barn rooftops added another sad dimension to the disaster. Hundreds of levees failed and 30,000 square miles were underwater, a lot of it prime farmland. Levees failed despite almost superhuman efforts by volunteers. The Sny Island Drainage District, a 52-mile levee system which protected more than 100,000 acres from Quincy, Illinois to Calhoun County, Illinois, failed when volunteers lost a four-week battle to fortify the levee. At least 75 towns were completely submerged. Some were never rebuilt, and the residents scattered. On August 1st, a levee failed at Columbia, Illinois, about 25 miles from St. Louis. The towns of Fultz and Valmire, in Gateway FS territory, were swamped. Up to 18 feet of water stood in parts of Valmire. After the flood, the residents voted to build a new town at a nearby location, 400 feet above the floodplain. The original town of Valmire was eventually raised and returned to a floodplain. Some tough decisions were made. The floodwaters from the Columbia levee breach were trapped on the wrong side of the levees and threatened the town of Prairie de Rocher and historic Fort de Charters, a French fortification built in the 1750s. A Mississippi River levee was intentionally breached to allow the waters behind the Columbia levee to drain back into the Mississippi, saving both historic sites. John Cripe, senior advisor for Midco Commodities at the time, now retired, remarked, I remember thinking this is how Noah must have felt, except it lasted longer than 40 days and 40 nights. Gromark and member companies had river operations all up and down the river and lots of grain moving day and night, Cripe remembers. Barge transportation on the rivers ground to a halt in early July, stranding 3,000 barges on the upper Mississippi and Illinois rivers. Most of the grain was earmarked for export and not immediately in demand, and the stranded barges acted as large floating warehouses until the waters receded. Barge companies lost about $2 million a day because of their stranded barges. It was nearly two months before river traffic resumed. Meanwhile, FS companies and farmers were suffering through a wild and volatile futures market. Grain prices at the Chicago Board of Trade soared, which helped offset some of the loss for farmers, but elevator hedgers had to fund short positions until stored grain could be moved again. It was not fun to tell someone who had been up all night stacking sandbags that the Chicago Board of Trade wanted more margin money because of extreme price volatility, Kripe recalled. Bridges from Davenport, Iowa, downstream to St. Louis, Missouri, were either completely out or inaccessible. Ten commercial airports were flooded. Five leading railroads had miles of track underwater, and some estimated it would cost $300,000 per mile to repair. Normal train traffic schedules were only slightly delayed, however, because most trains were rerouted south of the flood area to safe crossings below St. Louis. The duration of the flooding was remarkable. Grafton, Illinois recorded flooding for 195 days. Clarksville and Winfield, Missouri had flooding for 187 and 183 days, respectively. The Mississippi River at St. Louis crested at 49.6 feet on August 1st, almost 20 feet above flood stage. Finally, 103 days after flooding began at St. Louis, the Mississippi dropped below flood stage. As the flood waters receded, sand covered farmland and homes. The price tag for this disaster was more than $15 billion. It's been called the most costly and the most devastating flood in modern history. Blake Roderick, executive director of Two Rivers Farm Bureau, which is comprised of Pike and Scott counties in Illinois, was on the front lines of the activity, coordinating groups of volunteers to fill thousands of sandbags to shore up affected levees. 
He recalls Gromark and many FS companies sent volunteers to fill sandbags, deliver fuel and supplies, and kept workers supported with food and other necessities. Roderick said the true stories of the 1993 flood coalesce around those who showed up to help. The FS companies at the time really, really came through for our members, our farmers in the area. Folks jumped right in and delivered food and supplies to people on the levees to help out, moved people, moved sandbags, did the things that needed to be done, he explained. We had folks from FS companies throughout Illinois showing up to help. I remember people from McLean, DeWitt, and Sangamon counties came west and helped us out. We're forever indebted to them for that. On page 23 is our personality profile, 15 things you didn't know about Karen Becker. She's the assistant controller, ag finance slash CR manager with AgView FS. She's been in the Gromark system for 20 years. Some of the questions we asked her, when I was six, I wanted to be a court reporter. Where did you go to school? Dixon High School slash SVCC. Other jobs you've had in the past, bank, trust operations. Her hometown, Dixon, Illinois. Favorite part of her job? No day is the same. Her hobbies? Now that I am a grandma, I love every minute watching my grandchildren. What a joy. Otherwise, some people would call it a job, but I love to be outside mowing or working in the garden. Favorite TV show? Last Man Standing. Favorite book? Taste of Home Cookbooks. Favorite food? Pizza or fried chicken? Who in the Gromark system has encouraged you? I have worked with many outstanding people throughout the system, she said. How would you spend a day off work? spending time with my husband and family. How do you know it's springtime? Just being outside. I'm Janice Johnson, Gromark Ontario Marketing and Communications Specialist. On page 24, Ontario FS Crop Specialists get more face time with students. Getting more hands-on with high school students in local communities has been a greater focus for Ontario FS Crop Specialists this year. Through Gromark's recent membership with AgScape, which is Ontario's voice for agriculture in the classroom. As a supporter of AgScape's newly introduced Teacher Ambassador Program, Gromark helps fund more Ag in the Classroom lessons in Ontario high schools. The Teacher Ambassador Program offers programming and resources that are curriculum linked, factual, balanced, and foster critical thinking to students from grades 7 to 12. This year, 28 schools in 13 counties received more than 80 agriculture-related programming lessons. Our partnership with Agscape has opened up new opportunities for us to get in front of the students more than ever before, says Claude Gauthier, Gromark Executive Director of Ontario Operations. This year, FS Crop Specialists took part in an educational scavenger hunt at the FS site at Canada's Outdoor Farm Show. And last year, FS Energy Specialists provided a lesson on tank safety and inspection during a career competition. And most recently, Marilyn McQueen, FS Partners Drayton Branch Manager, organized participation in a local career competition, giving Nicole Weber, FS Partners Precision Ag Manager, the opportunity to deliver an interactive lesson on the impact of Western bean cutworm to 9 and 10 grade students. Luke Hartung, North Wellington Co-op Crop Specialist, also led a similar group of students through the same lesson in Mount Forest. I just love insects, said Weber, but it was really encouraging to see the enthusiasm from these kids that were just as eager as I am to learn about the intricacies of the bug world. Both Weber and Hartung focused on how to identify western bean cutworm moth, its impact on yields, and how to scout and manage risk. We hope to continue our support for these types of programs, and we are hearing good things about them, added Goche. From a recent survey, teacher ambassadors are saying they see positive impact with more students indicating they are more interested in pursuing careers in agriculture. And on the same page, 24, monitoring your message. In time for spring, Agris Cooperative and Great Lakes Grain have enhanced communications to customers by installing electronic visual messaging systems at 10 of its sites. Strategically placed at customer service counters, the 55-inch monitors display key messages representing agronomy, seed, grain, crop protection, energy, finance, and safety. Approximately six to eight 10-second long messages are cycled through daily with a different slide campaign generated every week to keep messaging fresh, said Terry Stevenson, Agris Cooperative Communication Manager. 
The electronic messaging system is downloaded and controlled from a master console by Agris, and each slideshow is customized individually for each branch. Therefore, targeting messaging is unique to that location's needs. We are trying to utilize the old marketing adage that it is better to get a message out three times to 100 people than to 300 people only once, says Stevenson. On page 25, congratulations to our retirees. Here they are. Linda Oaks, South Central FS, three years of experience. Robert Olert, AgVantage FS, also three years of experience. Johnny Allen, Prairieland FS, four years of experience. David Ford from Agriland FS, four years of experience. Carl Hammond, Heritage FS, five years of experience. David Franks, Gromark, seven years. Sandra Bird, M&M Service Company, nine years. James Gibbs, Agland FS, 10 years. Larry Gillum, Agland FS, 10 years. Ronald Fowler, Conserve FS, 15 years. Gary Kent, FS Grain, 12 years. Gary Morrison, Seedway, 12 years. Terry Mosier, Gromark FS, 13 years. Brent Raines, South Central FS, 13 years. Quentin Summers, Gromark FS, 15 years. Gary Bormitt, Conserve FS, 18 years. Anita Burgett, Sunrise FS, 19 years. Kristen Douglas, Sunrise FS, 19 years. Barbara Anderson, FS Grain, 20 years. Sandra Jankowski, AgView FS, 21 years. Michael Rader, Hudson Grain Company, 21 years. Jan Cahoe, Gromark, 30 years. Stephen Dennis, Evergreen FS, 31 years. Randy Wilson, Sunrise FS, 33 years. Mark Pullum, Prairieland FS, 39 years. Timothy Bennett, Agland FS, 40 years. Robert Harms, Agland FS, 41 years. Daryl Mortland, Tri-County FS, 43 years. Williams, Ball and Siphon, Agview FS, 44 years. Arthur Nance, Gromark, 44 years. Johnny Twaddle, West Central FS, 44 years. Leo Cleary Jr., Evergreen FS, 48 years. Thanks so much for listening to the summer issue of Source Magazine. We hope you enjoyed it. You can also visit growmark.com to view a digital version or download the Growmark Publications app from your app store. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Growmark Podcast. You can find other episodes on Podbean or on a supported podcast app.